Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. To the Believe in Badger Football Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by BetOnline.ag. Once again, I'm Matt Perkins, joined as always by Badger Legend, the Hebrew Hammer himself, Matt Bernstein. Bernie, I think this is going to be a very special day. Well, I think it will too. Um, I, we're possibly talking to like my first friend at Wisconsin, although uh, this is Tony Pichotti, might not know that. But uh, he was outside of like sitting at the at um, what's the place called the seminary eating lunch with some people like on my unofficial visit. Tony was my host. So this is special for me. I've been friends yeah. with Tony since that day, which is a yes. long time ago. December of 2000. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God, dude. Yeah. <laughs> 22 years. 22 years, my friend. Long well, time ago. Long well, time Tony, ago. Thank you for joining us. Um, uh, it is an honor. You, you, uh, we had a lot of fun um, on and off the field at the stadium, not at the stadium. Um, for you were my roommate a bunch of different times. <laughs> like a lot of, yeah. it's just everywhere and anywhere we could be friends. We were. Um, so this will be a, a hopefully a very fun podcast. Well, I, I can only, I, I can only imagine. So yes, it's going to be, it's going to, it's going to be a good time. I look forward to it. You're going to, you're going to rekindle a lot of things. I probably buried deep. So, <laughs> so it's part therapy is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Some things, some things are kept buried and you know, other things we'll have a good time talking about. Um, so I look, I, I do, I, I look forward to this. I really appreciate being on. This is a semi PG 13. So uh, all the stories of us, like really doing bad things. We try not to tell people on the air. <laughs> don't even know what you're talking about. Pal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even, I, I never broke the law. Talking about. Never, never heard of such a thing. Never heard of such a thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we get into those stories and more, I want to remind you guys that we are presented by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline continues to be the number one online resource for all of your sports wagering needs with first to market odds and lines. It's the place to gamble on all of your favorite sports contests and events, major league baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, golf, and most importantly, college football. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Use our promo code believe 50. That's B L E A V. Five zero to get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's bet online where the game starts. Started it's, up for us. Burn. It's such a great lead-in that you say where the game starts because then we can go. Hey Tony, where did football <laughs> start for you? Uh, oh. I know a lot about you, so I'm going to try not to like you know jump into it. But Tony, tell tell the people where you're from. Like, when did football become something you were interested in? And then we'll go from there. Sure. I'm from a small town, uh, Jessup, Pennsylvania. It's about 10 miles away from Scranton, Pennsylvania in Northeastern Pennsylvania. So we're not too far from one another. Um, football has always been a part of my life since I was, a just a little boy. My father was a very good high school football player as well. Um, so it ran deep, it ran deep within him, which ultimately was fed to me. Um, so I started at a very young age. I started when I was either eight or nine years old, third grade playing peewee football. I wasn't very good. Um, I wasn't good at all. You know, I, I got, my dad was a lineman. So I had the number 
62 when I was young. Um, I, I, it just took me a long time to get it. And then, uh, probably a year or two later playing the game, it just clicked for me. And I just started playing, uh, very well. I, I grew a little bit quicker than some of my other classmates. Um, I got moved from the line to running back actually, believe it or not. And it was just me running people over all the time. It was me running down the field with five other kids on my legs and my shoulders type of thing. Um, and then eventually when I got into probably about seventh grade, I actually had a knee issue. Um, and I couldn't run. I couldn't, I, I couldn't do much. And it was so painful to touch it that I stopped playing football. So I didn't play football in seventh grade or eighth grade at all. I was done. Um, yeah, it was, it was extremely painful. It was like a piece of my knee started peeling off or or whatever. I think it was called Osgood slaughter or something like that on my knee, but it was extremely painful so much to where I didn't, I, I, I wanted no football anymore. I couldn't deal with the pain. So then, um, ninth grade came along and I wasn't really dealing with the pain anymore. And one of my best friend, uh, Tony Moreno, who has since passed away, he's just like, Hey, you got to come out to play football. He goes, freshman football, let's do it. He goes, you need to get back on, you know, that horse. So I did, I went out, uh, freshman year and I was fine, you know, and I played tight end and I was a defensive end on defense. And, um, I was just like, I'm, I'm back. You know, I felt like I was back. We had a ton of good athletes, uh, in my high school freshman year. So competition was very stiff. It was very good. My high school was a known high school football team, like was a known football team, had a great reputation. Um, so everyone that I played with were, were very, very good. And by being very good, they made me better, you know? So, um, after freshman year, I went into my sophomore year and there was this player. I grew up a huge New York Giants fan. I am a diehard New York Giants fan. Um, the first game I ever saw was the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. And my favorite player of all time, number 56, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor. That guy, I'll tell you what, when he played, he just played at a different level than everybody else. Like he, he wanted to just destroy everything. And I wanted to be like him. Like I just <laughs> wanted to be everything like him. Um, and I eventually got moved to inside linebacker and my next guy that I just admired so much when I was young, unfortunately he's an Ohio state Buckeye. Um, but his name was Andy Katzenmoyer, number 45 for Ohio state. Um, he was just, if you looked at him, he scares you. Like he, you would just be, there would be a camera shot from behind the offense, looking over at Ohio state's defense. And he would just be sitting there staring at the offense in the way I had his picture on my bed when I was a kid. And, uh, the way he just stared at that offense, I was like, that scares me. And I'm not <laughs> anywhere near, you know, Columbus right now. And it scared me. And I was like, I want that. Like, I want to be like that. Like I want when people see me playing across from them, that this guy is going to bring trouble, you know? So, um, I had a lot of good people to look up to. Most people are looking in, like they idolize like Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, like all the, those skill elite positions. I was the guy who was actually going to come after you. Like that's <laughs> the guy that I wanted, you know? So, um, and then it just, then I went into high school and I got a break my sophomore year. One of the inside linebackers got injured and I stepped in and never looked back. And I just, I became more, like I said, as I was talking about earlier, I became more known into uh, being an inside linebacker than a tight end, you know? Um, and I never, I mean, I never looked back when I was in high school. It was like, I didn't want to play any other position. You know, I really didn't, I really didn't care about playing tight end when I was in high school all that much because I wasn't known for that. And, um, you know, one day it was junior year. I get called out of the office in high school and my guidance counselor who happened to be my head coach at the time, he's just like, uh, you got this letter from the university of Wisconsin. I never heard of the university of Wisconsin before. Like we're in Penn state country here. You know what I mean? Like, Wisconsin. So I was just like, so I opened up the letter and I'm looking at it. Uh, congratulations. We're going to offer you a full athletic scholarship. And I was just like, 
ha ha, you know, type of thing. Funny joke. No way. This is real. Like it was the first letter out of the blue. Like I didn't get any other letters from any other schools at this time. And so my, my head coach at the time calls out to Wisconsin. Like, yeah, no, that's, that, that's real. Like we sent that that's real. We want him to come play football for Wisconsin. And um, so after that, like the whole recruiting process really got sped up really quick. And then here comes basically every school east of the Mississippi at the time that was just uh, recruiting me really hard. And, uh, you know, I had a, there was a kid out at Wisconsin at the time. His name was Bill Ferrario. Okay. He was a guard. He was from West Scranton. So he was a local boy. His family got friendly with my, like we were friendly with his family. They started talking Wisconsin at the time. Coach Alvarez really had Wisconsin humming. He really did. Wisconsin was the up and coming, you know, powerhouse in the big 10. I mean, they just beat UCLA, um, in the Rose bowl and good things are coming. They have Ron Dane. They have this amazing line, you know, Casey Robach, Bill Ferrario, uh, Macintosh, like all those guys. Um, so they were like the team to watch at this time. Like when I was growing up, everybody loved Wisconsin, but still, in my family, it was all Penn State. It was like half the family, they're all Penn State fans. Um, me, I tr- I wasn't really sold on Penn State. Like I was always that guy that had to go against what the majority was doing. So if you were rooting for Penn State, I'd root for Florida State or something like that. Anything against Penn State. But, um, you know, uh, my senior year came, more scholarships came. Um, <laughs> Dude, the big 33. Oh, that's right. You know, I got selected to play in the big 33 football game, which, um, at the time was, I mean, they picked the, the best 33 players in Pennsylvania to play against the best 33 in Ohio at the time. And at the time, the opposing quarterback was Ben Roethlisberger for Ohio. So, um, playing that game, that was probably one of the hardest weeks of practice. I ever had in my life. Cause we just beat the crap out of each other. It was like this high power, high caliber, you know, extremely talented group of guys that were I have there. To, I have to interject. What time of year is the big 33 take place at the time? It was the summertime. So it was so after my junior, after your junior year. Oh, no, no, no. After my senior year, I'm sorry. So after I graduated, the game, I believe, was in July, and it was about two weeks before I had to report to Wisconsin. So um, that game, I remember the coaches were like, hey, we're watching your game, you know, no pressure type of thing. And I was <laughs> oh, boy. So um, there was it, it, I actually started at tight end in that game. And I actually thought I played pretty well. We beat we beat Ohio that game. Um, and, and that was it. Like I, what I, the, the coaching staff frowned upon any of the local all-star games. Um, they were just like, yeah, you don't need to play in those, but the big 33 is something that we want you to play in. Cause it's going to show, you know, it's going to show a lot more. You're going to learn a lot more. Um, you're going to play against the best of the best in two States. So I, I played in that game. Um, and it, it was extremely difficult. It was eye opening, And I was like, what did I get myself into? I'm two weeks from going to Wisconsin. Here I am a big fish in a small pond back in my high school where I was easily able to play the game. It was great getting all the, the notoriety and the pats on the back. I just got my sh- first dose of reality, I guess, in a way. And I was like, well, uh, here we go. And then, you know, within two weeks, I was getting ready to report to Wisconsin. So that was pretty much uh, my high school and my, my youthful younger years. It's funny. My experience playing a New York, New Jersey game is exactly that. Like it was the hardest week of practice because you had to basically play New Jersey. The the five days later was in July. I think it was July 5th. And like two days later, I I was out in Wisconsin. We practiced. This is what made it so hard. We practiced so hard that one time it rained, we were in the gym and sneakers, full pads. I was like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever done in my life. Uh, we weren't lucky enough to have any rain. It just seemed like whenever we were doing something like that, it never rained. It was just like, all right, mother nature is going to hold rain until you guys are done, you know, beating the crap out of each other. Like we would pray for rain. I'd wake up and be like, is that thunder? 
Is that thunder out there? You know what I mean? Like, oh God, please let it rain. We could use, I need a day. So, um, so yeah. I, Wait, Tony, yeah, who was, else? Was, uh, uh, I always thought the big 33 was so fascinating that you were part of it. It's so cool. The 33 best players in the, one of the biggest States in America is amazing. Yeah. It, um, again, it was one of those things that I was not expecting. Like a lot of the, a lot of the awards and a lot of those things that I got, I was never expecting. Um, it, it was kind of like living in a dream that you just like you were going to wake up and it wasn't going to be, it wasn't going to be real because this all happened so fast. Again, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in a, it was one of my immigration and study classes in high school. We we're talking about Ellis Island and all the immigrants from the early 1900s coming over and I get pulled out and it was like my life forever changed after I got that letter from Wisconsin. Now, I mean, it was, again, it was, who's messing with me? Like, why am I getting this scholarship? Like I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a football player. Like there's nothing special about me. Like, yeah, I'm big. I'm almost six, four, 235 pounds as a senior in high school. Like, yeah, I get it. I'm big. Um, but I never really, really grasped with, I guess my playing ability because I always played amongst good athletes. You know, it was, it, so it was difficult for me to, you know, to, to really take all in. And then my senior year, which was funny, you, do you remember Tim Davis? Yeah. Okay. The first time I met Tim Davis. Okay. There's a, an announcement on the loudspeaker. Uh, will Tony Bichotti starting tight end for the Wisconsin Badgers, please report to the office. And I was just like, Okay. So I get up out of my class and we're changing classes now. So the hallways are filled with people, filled with students, everything. Here's this six foot nine mountain of a man standing in the middle. Oh, Tony! Anybody see Tony? <laughs> screaming. And I'm just like, oh God, oh God. You know, like I was embarrassed by it. You know, I was kind of embarrassed and I'm like walking through. I'm like, yeah, right here. And you know, we went in and um, you, you know, that started everything. And, you know, that was an, another big thing that people didn't see in my high school before were like these big time college coaches coming in to see a player. I mean, we had a very good basketball play, player in Billy Seeluck who ended up, you know, going to Syracuse a few years earlier, but it, it was not normal in our school to, to see this type of attention from big programs. So, um, I guess it took everybody by surprise a little bit, you know, who else, not just who else was part of the, the college grouping Penn state wasn't part of it. Penn they state just was not- part of it. Okay. I was heavily recruited by Penn state. However, I was not a fan of one of the coaches on their staff. Like I just did not see eye to eye with him at all. And I knew deep down Penn state was not going to happen for me. I just, there's this one guy, I just, I, I just, and he'll remain nameless, but he was just one guy that I just did not get along with. Mm-hmm. And he may have been the head coach's son um, of Penn state. So, um, I got heavily recruited, uh, by Miami, Virginia were big ones. West Virginia was a big one. Uh, Pittsburgh was another big one. Now Pittsburgh, when I was being recruited after I committed to Wisconsin, my, my family encouraged me to take an official visit to the university of Pittsburgh. So the, their head coach was Walt Harris at the time. So he came to my house and I was getting heavily recruited, heavily recruited by Pittsburgh. So my parents, you know, like, Tony, you, you got to make sure you make the right decision before you do something. So, uh, you should go. So I'm just like, ah, you know, I'm kind of the guy, once I shake your hand type of thing, like, I believe in that, like, I believe in the old handshake. It's a deal. It's done. But my parents are like, this is your future. You should, you should go. So I eventually went and I'll tell you what, Vern, you know how the recruited, the official visits are. It was a really good time to where I was like, <laughs> maybe I want to go to Pittsburgh, you know, one of those times, but fortunately cooler head, like, uh, I left Pittsburgh and I was just like, absolutely not. Wisconsin is my destination. It's very like the late Lake Mendota and Monona and like the campus and just the state in general, the people, like everything was very welcoming. Everything was very hospitable. Um, and it was me, you know, and that was the thing. I'm like, this is me. I'm not, again, I'm not a city guy. So I'm just like, Wisconsin is small enough city where I I could deal with it, but I could drive five minutes and, you know, be, be in the woods. So I I was very happy that I, I selected Wisconsin in the end. 
Uh, and so am I. Wait, who uh, who was your host? Did you go? Can hear you. There you go. Oh, no. You can hear me now. Okay. okay. Who was your Who was your host? Did you take a, an official to Wisconsin? So, if I could go back, I would have said to myself, "Do take five official visits." Me too. And <laughs> I look back, and my parents were the same way. They're like, "You should be going to Miami for a visit. You should be going to Virginia. Virginia is such a prestigious universe. Like it's it's my dad. You should be using all five. And I was like. No, I'm going to Wisconsin. Like, that's going to be it. Like, I was that guy. So, um, but anyways, I took an official visit to Wisconsin, and Mark Anelli was my host. Remember Mark Anelli? I love Mark. Okay. I Mark Anelli is, th- there are a few people that I credit with my survival of Wisconsin, and he is definitely one of them. He took me under his wings like I was his brother. And Mark will never truly know how much I appreciate everything he's done for me while I was out there. So anyways, we go out for the official visit and it's the typical visits. Okay. So we went out there and I remember it was December and December in Wisconsin is mighty cold. And he had a black Dodge pickup truck. Okay. And we were going from place to place at night. And at the end of the night, there was about 10 recruits in the bed of his truck in like 20, 15 degree weather. And they're just driving us all over. And, um, Matt Shaber, uh, said it in, in his interview on here, we were all staying at the concourse at the time. And I was also duped by the box on the bed that I thought was a pizza. And I was very excited. I thought I'm like, I'm going to have a pizza. I am starving. And it was a cookie. And I was just like, oh, for a brief second, I was disappointed, but it went away. I just started gobbling everything type of thing. But it was a great recruiting visit. Um, you know, I, I met like guys like John Sigmund, like Mike Solwald was there, uh, Dave Retzlaff. Like those were like the upperclassmen tight ends. Those were the guys that I was like, you know, now's my time to hopefully make some sort of an impression on these guys. You know, so when I report, they don't think I'm like this big jerk and they don't, you know, <laughs> try to do any type of stupid hazing things or anything like that. So I, I definitely, it worked in Bill Ferrario being out there. He took me under his wing. And then there was another lineman named Dave Costa. He was another guard. He also played in the big 33. So every time I saw him, he'd be like big 33, like every (laughs) time I saw him. So it was like, I felt it all coming together real quick. Kind of like how you were burn. You were like the star when you showed up, like you were the fan (laughs) fan. You were the, you were the favorite everywhere you went, you know, you kind of like took, you kind of took a little of my shine off a little bit, you know, (laughs) when you came to town, you just taught me too well. You taught me too well. That's what I was told. That's what I was told on Acuna, but that was pretty much my, my official visit um, to Wisconsin. It was, it was awesome. I'll I'll never forget. I missed my flight the next day for, (laughs) (laughs) I missed my flight. And so Jason Eck at the time was there and he came and picked me up at the recruiting court. And, uh, he was, or he picked me up at the, at the concourse and he brought me over to the McLean center and in there, you know, Wisconsin was preparing for another Rose bowl. You know, they had Stanford coming up. Um, and I'm out there and all the linemen that I was out with all the guys I was out with the night before were just, all oh, just giving it to me really good. Like there was a coach out there. He's like, Oh, you got a case of the Budweiser's you missed your plane, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I'm sitting there and like, God, I'm going to lose my scholarship after all of this. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, uh, no, it was just, it was, I mean, it was a big thing, but it actually, I felt brought me in closer. Like these guys, like, I think kind of were like, Hey, this is a good dude, humble guy. I was always a humble guy, you know, relatively quiet and everything like that, but I knew how to have a good time. Um, you know, I was a big joke teller and all that stuff like that. I liked, I, I like, I like smiling. I like being happy and all this stuff like that. And I think the guys, you know, uh, with the help of Bill Ferrario and a couple of the other guys, um, really, really helped me, uh, get into the crowd, uh, sooner than later. And I think that was really beneficial and it helped me a lot. Like when I actually reported to campus. So, and I would say that that's exactly my uh, experience. Cause I, when I showed up, we'll go into your first year, but when I showed up, it was you. And then it was uh Posiak, John Gillen. Yeah. I think OD might've been there, but he might not have. And it was like Shaver, Mark Bell, Katula. Like it was just like, 
a group of dudes. And, and, and it was easy. Cause you're, cause I was like, listen, Tony, I'm already, I already said yes. Like I already signed basically to come here. So you're like, all right, yeah. cool. You don't need anything really like too much. And I'm like, I don't need yeah. any of that. You know, I 100% remember you saying, Hey, I'm all I remember you saying that to me, Hey, I'm already coming to Wisconsin. And you were just like, let's just have a good weekend type of thing. And I was just and like, we, we drank like 50 uh, natty lights, maybe a, I, a minute. I believe what we did was I took the garbage can from the lobby in the towers, filled it up with snow and just load it like Keystone light, Natty light, like everything. And I'm up the stairwell, like trying to haul this garbage can all the way up to the top to like Shaber and Bell's room was the room that we hung out. in. like, that was, that was the place where a lot of the magic and a lot of the stories, you know, come from was, was that place um, right there. So yeah, the recruiting visit, your recruiting visit um, was awesome. You know, staying in the towers. I, did you stay there? No, you we did stay there. The one, yeah, you stay there one year too. Um, but we had a lot of good times. Uh, we, we did. We had a lot of good times in towers and your recruiting visit was, was pretty awesome. You made it very easy on me. I think I pretty much pocketed the money that they gave us for the recruits. <laughs> well, I, I was a, a college freshman. I mean, I had a fake know? ID. Uh, so, like, I was easy. I actually had two at the time. So, like, Ooh. I was easy more than, like, maybe Post coming in. It's like, this guy has no ID. I don't know if he did or not. But I felt like it was just an easy, like, I was inserted into this wild, you know, pack of dogs as a, and then just became one. You know, you did. And we knew when from that recruiting visit, Burn, that you were going to be in our group. We're just like, we just knew like, like you were going to be in our group. You were going to become one of us because we just, from the first time, from that recruiting visit on, we just always meshed well. And we were like, I mean, you, you actually became a really big reason why I was able to keep my composure and sanity through college. Like all like Bell and Shaber, you know, Katula at the time, everybody who was in our core group of friends, we really all helped each other. Like we all had our bad days, you know, we all had our bad days and then we had our really, really good days. And we were there for all of them. Like we, Mm -hmm. we were always by each other. And, you know, that strong bond that we all had in college was, was truthfully one of the reasons why I made it. Cause my freshman year, I had it, I had it very difficult. I didn't think I was going to make it my freshman year. Um, I had a very, very, very hard time adjusting to Wisconsin. You know, I was, I was just not used to, all right, we're going to, you're going to wake up at five 30 in the morning. You're going to walk a half hour to, you know, get your early morning workout in, you know, you're going to go to class all day. You're going to go from class, right. To meetings, right. From meetings, right. To, you know, practice, from practice, you're going to have training table, training table to the Fetzer center. And then back home and it's 10 o'clock at night. And you're like, I have to wake up in like five hours to do this all over again. Like, how do, how do you do this? You know what I mean? Like, and you were terrified to be late for a workout. You did not want to be, ter- you did not want to be late for a JD workout. Um, because you, you, you were put on display for everyone else to see this is what happens if you're late for a workout. It was brutal. Like it really, it, it was, it was very mentally challenging. Borderline torture. It, it, it truly was. I, I don't remember who I saw on the stepper, but they were on stepper for the entire workout. I'm like, I hope they don't die, but you watch that. And it just, you're just like, Oh my God. I, it, I not remember going slow, not going slow on the stepper. They were no, moving. No, like it was, a lot of these guys, I wonder if they deal with the stuff that we dealt with. Like when we were younger, I remember getting thrown out of the weight room because I couldn't do 10 reps of a bench press. Forgot what the weight was, but they're like, get the F out of here. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Cody, that where do I just, go? Like, I don't, Cody, where, do I, where am I supposed to go? Do, do I just stand outside the door here? Do I like go back to the dorm? Like, by the I way, do? that reminds me of the time JD got the most mad at you. Was the day after your twenty first birthday? First birthday, and we went oh. out so hard, but hard. you went out much harder. You did twenty one shots to I your did. to. I was like, I couldn't believe it. And one of the shots I got you from the nitty gritty. It's the grossest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I still remember this day. It was called the test tube baby, and it oh. was a a um, a glass like a, a not a mimosa. What's the one you drink like straight vodka out of? But it's like they make it nice. A martini with, glass. With so is that in a martini glass? 
and they like put a, a little dab of um like some kind of green alcohol and you had to like and it was in vodka it's so you, it's, 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 it's it's called it's midori it's midori as, as so someone looked, who used to work at the nitty-gritty i can confirm that it's just first of all, it's <laughs> disgusting but tony yeah. you did that and i was like i can't they believe did. this kid is doing this and you worked out the next day and you looked like death and yeah. jd was like dude just go home he was like that, <laughs> You know, it's funny. You you wouldn't think I would remember something like that after that night, but I remember it clearly. Um, I remember not just that, but I was getting the three wise men that I had to drink. And then there was this other one called the gorilla fart that Mark (laughs) Bell loved getting for everybody. And it was like three of the nastiest liquors put together. And uh, it, it was just brutal. And I remember going to the weight room the next day. And fortunately I have some time on at the time. So it's not like you're like this newbie freshman that you don't have any worth yet. You know, he's, and I, he comes up to me, I'll never forget. And he's just looking at me. He's like, is there something wrong with you? And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, there is. And I'm like, it was my 21st birthday last night. I go, can I please come back and do two workouts another day? He goes, just go home. It's just like that. He's like, just get the hell out of here type of thing. And I was just like, I don't know if I'm upset because he's disappointed or is he mad at me type of thing. Like I couldn't really get a, get that read on it. Um, but I do remember that. And that was probably one of the last times I was that intoxicated, to be honest with you. Like that was between that and the death March, you know, um, it was, that was pretty much it. I learned my lesson. There's still some alcohols I can't drink because of that. Death. So, um, yeah. So that, 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 that was a, that, that was a night to, to probably forget. I but mean, it, it, it was fun. I, I had a blast, but I know the next day was not, uh, the best day ever. No, it, it, it no, it wasn't <laughs> fun. And you know what though? Like even, even like those days like that, like you still remember like guys, the same guys that we were just always around, like even just guys that you normally didn't like, it's your 21st birthday. It could be on a Tuesday. It could be on a Thursday. You either have to get up for work out the next day or you have class or whatever it is. And your teammates would still come out and supports a, a big event like that for you. And, you know, it's different now than when you get older, like stuff like that doesn't happen nearly as much. I mean, God, I don't have the hair I did. I'm gray on the sides now. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a lot different. Um, but you said you would always have a good, solid core group of guys. And we knew that it was important that when we went out there and broke our balls, like we did, we really, we, we killed ourselves for our coaches. We killed ourselves for the school. You know, we killed ourselves for each other. You know, we did that all the time and we became truthfully boys, you know, turned us into men, you know, in a way. Um, but we knew that the off the field stuff was as important too. like, we had to hang out and, you know, break away from the football mentality, you know, a little bit because you had to, otherwise you you would go, I think you would go nuts if you were just 24 seven football at the time, you know, it's not all business. Like you are, you have to understand you are in college. Like you, you have to enjoy it to, you know, to a certain degree without getting silly. And I mean, cause we all know there was a lot of people who didn't make it and they got too caught up in whether the party scene or they just didn't want to, you know, play anymore. And I, you know, I was very careful, you know, into who I surrounded myself with, who all had the same goals as me. So, like I said, that all that type of stuff, the camaraderie was something that was just like forever etched into me, even to this day at 40 years old, like even after college, you know, um, it, it, it changed me as a person, you know, dude, for sure. So, so what, so tell us about your first year outside of it being like, tell us the football side, and then, yeah, just tell us about that. Okay. Yeah. So anyways, freshman year, you know how we used to, I don't know if they did it when you were a freshman, but the freshman would have to report like three or four days prior to the varsity. The worst, that's, that the was actually worst the worst three days. days of my life. Absolutely terrible because there's not eight guys at your position to split reps with. So anyways, I'll never forget. <laughs> I'm sitting there still a noob. You know, I'm in there, I'm sitting in meetings and everything. I'm like, Hey, there's coach Huber. How you doing? And he comes walking in and he slams the door and he goes, recruiting is over. And he slams the table. And I'm just like, like sliding down (laughs) in my chair. I'm like, what? And he's like, and he just went into the whole thing. You're here from to play football and everything like that. I'm like, 
yeah, totally different from the recruiting process. Totally different. Um, so freshman year, like I said, so getting into freshman year. So that was a first fall camp out at seminary. Um, I walked in after, after the meetings with uh, coach Huber, I'll never forget it. I walk into the tight ends room and sitting down me and Mark bell were the two incoming freshmen. So we walk in and there's this huge individual dag laugh. Okay. Number 87. He's sitting there and he looks up at me and he's just like, are you going to stand the entire time? Or are you going to sit the F down? And I was just like, oh, this is going to be terrible. Like this, like, oh, what is going on? So, um, that camp that year was, was really, really trying on me. Like it was really hard. Like, I, like I knew a lot of people where I came from small town there. Like I had a lot of people that were for me. And then obviously you had a lot of people that were like praying for you to fail. Like they were just praying. They like, they don't want to see success, you know? So, um, I knew I had that in the back of my mind. Um, fall camp was extremely difficult. And I remember every time when I doubted myself when I was like, I can't do this. Like, this is just too hard. You know, a, I had a good support group there, but we were still all relatively new. We didn't have that very strong bond yet that freshman year, but I always remember taking off my helmet and just looking at the big 10 label, like right above the face mask and that alone, looking at that label. And then the Wisconsin W that we used to have on our pants. I was just like, this is an opportunity most people don't get because you didn't have the you didn't have the sticker on your helmet yet. No, you were it just, just had your name or whatever. <laughs> you just had the, stri- the red stripes. Yeah. So, it, like looking at that Big Ten, I was just like, I'm part of something special, part of something that a lot of people will never be able to say that they did. Like most people don't have this opportunity to play. Like Wisconsin was back to back Rose Bowl champs, you know. Heisman winner. Like it was the program in the country, you know, at the time. So that helped me get through freshman year. And of course I red shirted. So when you, when you red shirt, there's time for a lot more shenanigans. Oh yeah. And um, you know, you know how it was like in the towers became very, 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 very friendly with Mark Bell and Shabert and, and Catula. And, you know, my roommate was Anthony Davis. And a lot of people were unaware that Anthony Davis, he, he was from New Jersey he was one of the most calm, nicest people that you could ever meet, but he had a prankster side to him (laughs) and he loved practical jokes. He loved practical jokes. Like he used to get me with so many practical jokes, but he would get a lot of other people too. He was, he was an awesome roommate. Um, but the stuff that we used to do in the towers, like I remember like in the podcast with, with, with Shaver, he touched on some things, but he forgot a few things too. (laughs) So, you know, I was kind of hoping I'll be able to touch. We touch on them. Um, listen, after listening to his interview, I go, boy, that game that we played where we took the window out of the room. You remember? Mm-hmm. Okay. We take it out and we would just huck stuff at the other tower. That was called red light, green light. Like we actually <laughs> had a name for it. So we'd have somebody up there with the curtains in front of their face and they'd be like, all right, all right, green light, green light. And we just start firing paper balls and all this stuff across the towers at people. And they'd be like, red light, red light. And we'd all stop and we wouldn't move or anything (laughs) like that. We would just do that all the time. But then I don't think they did it when you were there, but we also had another game game called battle. Did he talk about battle at all? No. Okay. All right. Funny thing is we had a lot of time on our hands. Okay. So we (laughs) would take the steel pegs that were in between the bunk beds that kept the bunk beds together all right, you guys go down that end of the hall. You guys go down this end of the hall. And we used to throw them at each other. Just <laughs> fly them down the hallway at each other. You got hit with them. It took chunks out of your legs. And you would have like a shield, you know, that you would have to do, like you, you would defend yourself with. So, um, yeah, that was another game that was left off that we played. Um, I wasn't a participant, participant that much in that game because I caught one in the foot. And it hurt like an SOB and I didn't play it anymore, but those, the, the elevator was completely damaged. It looked like it was shot up, you know, I mean, just hit these, metal, these metal pegs all the time. And then I don't think he also, uh, I don't know if I was hiding in his room during a fire drill or whatever it was, but we we're all hiding out. Cause we we're probably, we we're probably uh, drinking a little bit and his bunk bed collapsed. Did he tell this story about the bunk bed? This bunk bed shattered, right? It completely shattered, splintered off in a million things. Shaver doesn't say a word, not a word. Gets up, loads it all into the elevator, (laughs) ground level. 
We go down to the ground level. He unloads the entire bunk bed into the lobby, doesn't say a word, goes back into the elevator and back up into his room and just goes back to sleep as if nothing happened. To me, I was just like, I could never do something like this. You know what I mean? Like I could never do something like this. Um, But freshman year, you know, back to the football part of it, you know, I redshirted, so I didn't play, you know, I was on scout team. I got beat up so bad by John Fabre, um, Kalaji, who's there now. Uh, it was not fun being on scout team at all. Like uh, you, you did, you got beat up. Kavanaugh was our, our GA that ran the offense. Um, but you know, I knew at the time it was like, Hey, you're freshman. You're like, this is your role. Like you're going to be carrying all the crap for everybody. You're going to be taking all the crap, you know, and Johnny never gave up on me. And there was this other guy, Ben Herbert. Okay. I remember the first time I saw Ben Herbert. I don't know where he's at now. Maybe Michigan or something like that. Is that is Michigan? Michigan? Yeah. Anyways, I remember the first time I saw him, I was like, all right, I'm 18. This man is bald and he's playing football. Like to me, I was just like bald heads with like grown adults, like grown men in their forties, like, like me, you know, type of thing. And I remember him just staring at me and I'm just like looking at him. And I'm just like, what? He goes, in a not so nice way, I'm going to kill you pretty much. I'm like, <laughs> I remember I'm like, we're both from Pennsylvania though, man. Like we're both from Pennsylvania. Like we're friends. Like I know you're from Pittsburgh, but I'm like, you don't have to kill me. There's not many of us out here, you know, type of thing. But he was, he was also uh, another force, but you know, playing that scout team, um, it, it, it taught you a lot though, too, because when you left the scout team and you were fortunate enough to go over with the ones and the twos, like you knew what those scout guys were going through. Like you knew that it was tough for them too. Um, so I was the type of guy that even if somebody was a jerk to me, or I had to go through a process, if I did not like it, I didn't do it to other people. You know, you have some people that have that mentality where it's like, nah, screw it. If I had to do it, they have to do it type of thing. I'm not that type of person, you know, even growing up, all that stuff like that. If something was done to me that I didn't like, I would make it a point not to do that type of stuff to other people. So again, like I learned a lot of that stuff by playing scout team. Like, okay, I didn't like this. So when I'm not going to do it to these guys, like, um, when I'm on scout team, but fortunately for me, I only had to play one year scout team. And then, um, my second year, I was fortunate enough to actually make it up to the ones and twos. And I actually played a lot, um, which again, completely shocked me. I'm like, why am I playing? Like, I'm not good. Like, I don't think I'm that good. You know, like why, what do these guys see in me that I don't see in me, you know? And I don't know what it was with me mentally and everything like that, but I guess I never gave myself credit, you know, in a way, but yeah, the second year was completely different. So you, but the second year you were playing with Anelli. Yeah. Right. So, so, so you were going in on 22 and 12 personnel and that type of stuff. Right. Right. So again, another, another reason why I chose Wisconsin was I knew you had three tight ends that were leaving after my freshman year. So John Sigmund was going to be gone. Dag was going to be gone. Mike Stillwald, who he was another incredible person to help me. In, uh, my freshman year was Mike Stillwald. He was long snapping, but he was also technically a tight end at the time. I knew they were going to leave. And I knew I was going to have a chance to play if I played really hard. And, you know, I did. And I worked really, really hard. Like for me, I don't, I'm, I'm not a natural athlete. Like you take a guy like Jimmy Leonard. Okay. Jimmy Leonard is just a special, he's a special person. He's a special athlete. He could be away from the game for a year and come back and pick up right where he left off. I am not one of those people. You know, <laughs> I have to constantly be doing something in order to, um, to, to, to stay on top of my game. But yeah, so I got to play uh sophomore year with Mark. I remember, do you remember I was, I was hit by that drunk driver ended up missing. That's right. A ton of games. You remember that? That was, yep. that, that, that was life changing for me. And I was in a cab too. Like I was doing the responsible thing. Yep. You know, I take a cab ride home and then my cab ride gets e-boned. I wake up on the middle of railroad tracks. I go home. I go, we're staying at the region at the time. I knock on the door, Shabert opens it. I fall like a tree right into the region. He grabs me, loads me up in Tom Jodnak's truck, takes me to the ER, right? I get like stitches in my ear, I had a dislocated shoulder. My face was all banged up. It really screwed that whole year up. And that's when uh, Bob Doherty came to town. And I was just like, 
this is a, this is a good tight end. You know, uh, he'll give me, he'll definitely give me a run for my money. And, um, this whole thing with the getting this whole car accident thing is probably going to derail my whole career. I was so mentally out of it at this point. Like I didn't want to sleep in my bedroom anymore. I was sleeping on the couch. Uh, I wasn't going to classes a lot. I was very depressed because like, I worked so hard for so much and something like this happened. Um, but fortunately things, if you stay kind of stay positive a little bit, you know, it, it, it changes things, you know? So I was staying positive. I'm like, you know, okay, I'm going to be on academic probation. Cause I didn't go to class. I got all <laughs> that, that semester. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to change. I'm going to get back on it. And then, you know, going into my sophomore year, there I am, I'm back. I'm back in the mix. I think that was when Doherty quit uh, to go. I don't know if he went to be a firefighter or a fly fishing guy down in Wyoming or whatever <laughs> he did in his life, but that's what he used to talk about. And, um, yeah. So my, my sophomore, my junior years, you know, I was doing really well. Um, Tim Davis, he was gone after my sophomore year. We brought in, um, coach Chris, who is my tight ends coach for a year. And then he left and then we brought in, you remember Rob Ionello. Greg Root gave him the old steel cleats. Nickname, <laughs> steel cleats Ionello. Um, uh, he was an interesting so guy. In, what's that? He was interesting. He, he was definitely interesting. And I knew I was in trouble because he was the wide receivers coach at Arizona. And I was just like, this guy's not going to like me. I'm 260 some pounds. I don't run well. Lo and behold, we're going to move Owen Daniels from quarterback to tight end. And I'm like, well, there goes me. I'm never going to run. I'm never going to run a pass route or do anything like that. Like again, Owen Daniels, another guy who's just naturally gifted. You could put him anywhere and anywhere. he is going to play ball. He, yep. I mean, he was phenomenal. And it was so funny because we were so like moving into like senior year, you know, we were so predictable on offense. Like we really were like when I was in the game, you knew we were running the football. You know what I mean? You were a natural blocker. Yeah, that was it. Like, that was one thing I will say I was very good at. Like I was able to block, like I was good with that. I think I only caught three passes in my entire career. There's four. Yeah. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> I think all I remember is Purdue, North Carolina, and Minnesota. I don't remember any other ones. Um, but anyways, I knew that, okay, I'm not going to run any pass routes. Maybe I'll get a little Y spot here and there, but um, I knew coming in the game, all these other players, all these other teams are like when Pichotti's in the game, they're obviously going to run the bomb. When Owen's in the game, this dude's going to streak down the field and just light you up. Like I can't compete with like he ran a four, five, four, six. Like I was like a four, eight, four, nine guy. (laughs) And so do you remember like that was back when like the the whole spread offense and all that stuff was starting like, it was really getting popular at that Mm -hmm. time. So, you know, I think, I think my time at Wisconsin came at about the right time because we went from that, like hard, like it was just hard nose pound the football, you know, Ron Dane style with AD. And it was kind of evolving a little bit, like, um, to that more type of offense. I know Brian white, he liked running that and Rob Ionello just, he was receivers guy, like I said, so it, it was Owen's time. I mean, Owen was, was very good at it. I think he, he established a whole new type of tight end at Wisconsin, as you can see from all the ones who followed behind him. So like he set like a new, you know, like a new level of tight end. Like mm-hmm. when I was going there, it was smash, smash mouth football tight end. And it was like evolving. Like when I was there, which is totally, which, which is totally fine. But um, the one thing uh, I remember about you, Bernie, too, on the sidelines is Ionello used to love to call down to the sidelines all the time. Every time, all the every time. time, every time. And you would go over, you would look at me, you would pick up the phone and leave it off the hook. Or I'd hang, it, like, back <laughs> hang it back up. Like, you'd be like, yeah, no, yeah you, you don't need to worry about that type of thing. Um, well, that, he probably that, didn't even go in the game. I mean, he would call after three plays and if you didn't go in, he would still always. call down. You like, still no- call down, like, what are you seeing? Blah, 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 all this stuff like that. I'm like, you're up in the press box. Like, you're seeing <laughs> you're seeing the same thing that I'm seeing. Now, listen, I can understand it every so often, but he did it every time we came off the field. All the time. And I was like, and no one ever called. Listen, I no. No, Coach White called me one time, I think, in my whole entire career there. Yeah. No one else got called. Like, usually, whenever somebody calls, it's it's only the time the, the TV pans to that. Like it's not happening a lot. So literally this dude would call 50 times a game and it would be annoying. And Huber would be talking and the phone's going off and you're like, 
I would just be like, no. And he would yeah, keep calling back. You were my guy because I couldn't get up because I was probably getting yelled at by Coach Huber or we were in one of our deep discussions and you would be my guy. You, I'd look over and you just pick up the phone and just hang it right back up and you'd give me the thumbs up like yeah, everything's all good. You know, um, the he, other never, thing, he never the brought other it up. Thing, Isn't that funny? What's that? No. Ianello never came up to me and was like, dude, stop hanging up on me. No, he got me. He got me one time at practice. Once I remember I was at practice. I don't know if I was injured or if I was out, but I'm sitting there on film and somebody was either eating peanuts or sunflower seeds. And I was just sitting there throwing them at him during practice. And he turned around and he'd be like, all right, well, wise asses, who's throwing the sunflower seeds? And nobody would say nothing. I'd go back wiring them. <laughs> so I remember the next day, didn't even think about it. I it's walk into film. films. <laughs> I walk into films and he's got a big grin on his face and he goes, Sit down. Let's watch practice from yesterday. And there I am on film, whacking them, whacking them with sunflower. I think it was me and Greg Root that were doing it. But um, yeah, he got me. Uh, yeah, he got me pretty good. I thought I was being inside. I was like, oh shit, that's right. Everything's everything's filmed here. So uh, yeah, that Everything. that was a good experience. Burn one thing, you know, that I do remember that you helped me a lot with. Um, was it Penn State that you were basically doing all the running back duties? Was yeah. it Penn State 2004, the night game, the game day yep. game? I'll tell you what, that game was very hard because I was going against uh, Tom Bali. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Beast. The guy was he, him and probably Will Smith were the probably two hardest guys that I had to go against. And I I thought I did all right, but you know how Coach Huber and Ianella was. And I remember getting yelled at and everything like that. And you, like when we were in a dog fight with them, you were the most positive voice in that huddle. You're like you were coming in, you guys are doing a great, like you're sucking wind, you're tired, but you were there. Like that is what made our group a special group of guys. Like we would come in and lift each other up. Like, all right, this person's yelling at us, the game's going our way or it's not going our way. And you know, you're just coming in and you'd be like, Tom, you're doing an awesome job. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm running right off you. We used to run like the 27 power and you know, yep. the counter use and all that. So like, well, you'd be out of the game on a counter you, but, um, all those big plays like that. And you were always like very, like you were always coming up, slap on the ass. Good job. Keep it up. I'm running right behind you in Ohio state. When you guys were talking about that game, um, we ran, I think it was 27 power about 15 times in a row in that game. Yep. And I remember I was going up against a guy, his name was Simon Frazier. And I just, just ate his lunch for like 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so um, that was pretty much that was pretty much my college, you know, experience. I, again, um, you could bring up some stories if you really want to, uh, and I, and I'll elaborate on them. But um, some of those things, like you said, you keep you keep in the back of the cupboard somewhere. You know, you do. But we did. You do. You know, yeah. Tony. You like so. What my if you talk about being late to lifts. That was when mm -hmm. you're like, dude, come sleep on my on my floor at the yeah. at the region. So I slept because yeah. we had the same lift, and yeah. my scooter my scooter froze one day, and it scared my it scared the living daylights out of me. I sprinted to the stadium. I got there on time, but I was like, I can never trust this again. So every right. Wednesday night, I slept over at your place because we had the yep. six a.m. Um, yeah. Sleeping on the floor was really not my favorite, but. It was better and, than missing a lift and, and, beat, being late. and beat the penalty of being late. And I remember the same thing, waking up from the towers and like, oh my God, I'm going to be late. And that fear, that anxiety, I'll tell you what, it made you run like Forrest Gump all the way to the stadium. You just kept running and you did not want to be late. It was sprinted in like zero degree weather. You sprinted in those. We have all those, it was the worst. We have all those great memories. One, I lived with you in the summer at Spooner, which was hilarious. Yep. Then oh. I lived with you the year after at yeah. uh, Westwash. Westwash. We have all those great experiences, like shooting guns in the in the middle of nowhere at Mark Bell's Lodge. Yeah, like driving the on the, driving the four wheels. I've never done that before. I did a ton with you. Did you that roll was it? Was it you that rolled it, or was it Mark? We used to play no, capture Mark the rolled flag. It. Yeah, we used to play capture the flag. We were uh, reckless. Would be a no light helmets. Word to use no goggles. No helmets. Going you 50 miles per hour. Yeah, going down to the lodge. Like, I remember driving the four-wheeler next to a herd of deer that were running to try to get away from us. And it was oh, like, yeah. not a care in the world, like, if there was a tree in front of us or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like, we were just doing, like, oh, my God. You look back, you're like, how did we make it through college? 
you're right. Like those those gatherings that we had down at down at the lodge were epic, legendary. Like we could have made a movie based on the stuff that we did down there. Like there was we we had an awesome college time before the way the college atmosphere is today. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we knew how to make a good time. Um, you well, know, we were I the old, good time. We were the good time. We were the life of the party. Like wherever we went, life of the party. Like yeah. period. Like you definitely made yourself known that you were in the room when you came in. Like well, Shaver, no, I mean Mark Bell, like these everyone did. Like know, everybody was, came in. We all had our hands up, like, oh, you know, let the party start type of thing. We had awesome parties all the time. Didn't matter where it was. We would have an awesome party. We had everybody come over. We had a great core group of girls that we hung out with, like Allie Teach, you know, and her crew like that. Um, we always we always had something gone. We were never bored. Even when we were stuck there in the summer, it was like, yeah, man, you know, I wish I was kind of home with all my friends, but you know, being out there, there was never a dull moment. Wait, dude, you Tony, know? you guys lived one year at the fraternity house on the lake in bunk beds over the we summer. Did. I was like, what we the did. And you guys lived, you were across the street from us because we lived in that yeah. dump. That place was the grossest place I've ever lived. That, I, but that, that <laughs> frat house was terrible. It was it, I mean, it was, I don't even remember which frat house it was, but it was, it was like, I'm not going anywhere without shoes on or anything. Like, I was afraid of getting hepatitis from the stuff that was in there. <laughs> You know what I mean? But we would like, remember we gross. would have we would have weekend parties and push we'd be on the dock playing uh yeah. King of the Hill yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember they had an awesome Christmas in July party, and it was just like who's coming out, who's coming out to challenge us out, out here on this barge out the, here. Yeah, like King of the Dock or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even at night in the summer, we would go back like after hitting the city bar and we're like we'd be all in the lake, you know, enjoying ourselves in the lake with <laughs> whoever we brought back. You know, it was great, but you know, um yeah, God, boy, I'll tell you. The one thing I hated about college, though, how much did we move? Like, how much did we move? Like, a ton. Now they like, don't do that. But we, we well, moved. we did. Every, even for, yeah, we did. towards Because we, we had to go to the Regent. So you had yeah. to live in the Towers. Then you needed a summer place. Football we, didn't give you anywhere. Regent, nah. nowhere to live that yeah. after that. And right. then you found a place. Dude, remember when the coaches were like, hey, you guys can move at like five o'clock at night and we had to go pick that U-Haul up? That it was you a guys were like, too. It was a, so it you was guys were like, ship. Bernie, you're the only one who could drive this. It was a huge truck. It was huge. Yeah, it was definitely a big truck. But I, I you know, that, that was something that was funny you talked about with uh, Shaper too. And I was just like, boy, they really, they really didn't tell that story all the way. So um, <laughs> I remember like, we were just like, we knew we had to have all our stuff moved out. And we went to the coaches and we're like, Hey, we really need to move all our stuff. We need time. We didn't have nothing packed or anything like nothing. No, nothing. And like you said, like five, six o'clock at night, the coaches are like, all right, you guys can go move your stuff. And I was just like, yeah, you put it like that. Like I know what we have to do when we go back, we had to pick up a U-Haul. We had a box all our stuff. And the thing that pissed me off the most about that, I had an amazing DVD collection. I loved, I had a great DVD collection and the people were not moved out of the house that we were moving into at the time. You remember they were still there. And so we're unloading all this stuff. Those guys took half my DVDs, man. I no. was so upset. Yeah. I was so upset. Half my DVDs were missing. I mean, they didn't want to take nothing else because the couches were garbage. We probably found them in the garbage at one point. <laughs> um, we, used to, we, used to, we used to do all that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I had half my DVDs taken. That was tough. And I remember, I think I slept maybe two, three hours that night. And then we had to get back up and go to practice, go to practice. the next day. And, 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 and the coach was like, why are you dragging ass? Yeah, like, like, we got back at like one o'clock in the morning. And they're yeah, like, probably oh. even later than that. Yeah, probably like, even later no than idea. that. <laughs> and was there any more worse of a sight than when you were driving out to fall camp and you just saw the cell tower and you're just like, oh, no, man, that oh, it was terrible. You just look at it and be like, oh, the seminary's right there. Like, oh. <laughs> What can we do? Can we just turn the car into an oncoming traffic just so we don't have to practice today? You know, I mean, people, you know, the funny thing, and again, you know, you know, I forgot to talk about him, but my, my brother was also a very huge, my brother came. Do you remember when my brother came and stayed with us? He moved from, he drove from Alaska to Wisconsin, drove from Alaska to Wisconsin. He stayed with me for like four weeks and you know, I'll tell you, I'll never forget the feeling of leaving or him leaving or when I would come home. You probably felt it, too. 
when you were leaving home to go back to school, you just had that feeling as if I'm never going to see these people again. It was a very sad feeling for me. Yeah. Like you had that pit in your stomach and then you would get back and it would just, you would slump around for a little bit. You would drag ass a little bit and then you would, you would get back into the groove with all your friends and you'd pick everything and you'd pick everything back up. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy for, you know, my parents didn't get to come out and visit me all that much. You know, we didn't have a lot of, a lot of money growing up. You know, I was very appreciative and thankful to, you know, like your parents, Mark Bell's parents, Shabert's parents, like even, you know, Catula's parents, I kind of like took me in as like their, you know, their, their extra son that they picked up. And without any of that stuff, I don't know how I would have made it. Um, I, I really don't. So, I mean, we did, we did have a lot of good times. We did a lot of funny, we, we did a lot of funny things. I'm glad I, I left Wisconsin without a record of any sort, especially for what I do today with my, with, in my profession. Um, Wait, Tony, did but, you beat Penn state every year? We beat them we there at 03. Well, we, be, we beat them in 01. You were a freshman. It was yeah. after 9-11. That was our first game after 9-11. Right. Um, we beat them there, and then we lost when they had Johnson at tailback. I think that was 2002 we lost them. They were very good that year. I think we beat we them there in 03? We beat them there twice. Yeah. And then we beat them home in 04. In 04. Okay. So we beat them. So that was obviously the game on my calendar that I circled every year was Penn yeah. State. Um, I was fortunate to go to Beaver Stadium twice and win both times. Um, funny story. My brother-in-law had a big picture of Beaver stadium, big panoramic shot of Beaver stadium in his basement. I'm looking at him like, okay, I can see the upper corner. The visiting fans are red. So I walk over, I'm looking at, I go, you got a picture of me hanging in your house, pal. There I am. You can just see me number 85 with my black elbow pads. I'm like, wow, look at that. Like there I am. That's in his awesome. house. Yeah. He's got a picture of a Beaver stadium being a Penn state fan. And I, and there I am standing on the 50 yard line. That was, I think when Jim Sorgi was a uh, quarterback and, um, but yeah, college, I wouldn't change it. I, I wouldn't change anything that we, that I did. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want any other friends. I wouldn't want it any other way. You know what I mean? Like we did a lot of stuff. We learned from a lot of stuff and I believe, you know, it really, it really added to our character as, as people. Like one of the things also that I did a lot of in college that I really enjoyed was the community service part of it, which was huge. You know, I think that gets overlooked a long time with that. These athletes do, you know, it's not just school. It's not just football. These guys are going to UW's children's hospital. They're doing a lot of stuff. I mean, these guys are always involved in things and, you know, I don't think that type of stuff gets talked about a lot, but they're doing great things, you know, off the field and outside For of the sure. classroom too. And they don't have the time to do any of this, but they know it's important enough um, to make time for it. You know, two people that I met in the, the children's hospital were forever burned in my mind. I will never forget them. And, and they changed me as an individual, just seeing how these people would be hooked up into beds and all these machines and everything like that. And the way they lit up when the football players came through, yeah. it was just like, you know, no matter how bad that we think that we have it or how hard that we have it, look at this person. This is a 10 year old, 12 year old boy all hooked up to these machine with a staph infection in his blood, you know, and he's thumbs up when we're seeing, like when we come walking in, it's amazing. It is truly amazing how much of an impact that the football players and the athletes have on other people's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's huge. And, you know, people shouldn't overlook that or forget about that type of stuff. Like you're, you're a role model, you're a public figure, whether you want to be or not, you know, and I mean, obviously, you know how that is burn. I mean, you're still Mr you know, celebrity on Wisconsin <laughs> and rightfully so. I mean, you put your time in, I mean, yeah, you're, you're just Matt Bernstein, you know? You're, you're, <laughs> oh you're, yeah. yeah. So, um, that was, I mean, that, that, that was college pretty much in a nutshell. I mean, you guys were talking about that Ohio state game with Matt Shaver. That was probably one of the most memorable games I played in too. Um, I was in on that play. Um, that was, we had a lot of good times. Like our bowl games were good. Um, the Alamo bowl, I had a, a tremendous amount of fun with that was probably my favorite one to be honest. That was, yeah, mine too. I mean, that was, that was, that was pretty awesome. And then I remember, re, do you remember when we played in the Outback bowl, Lou Holtz was at practice? Yep. Do you remember this? So yeah. we were practicing one day and coach Alvarez introduced Lou Holtz, you know what I mean? To go off here, but, uh, <laughs> and he comes and I missed 
I missed the block. I was blocking Erasmus James. Erasmus James was a freak. Like it was not fair to put a tight end up against Erasmus James. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. He was just powerful. He just knew what he was doing. And so I had to come down on him on like a 28 or something like that. And I completely whiffed. Like I did half the times when I was going up against Erasmus <laughs> James and Lou Holtz comes out of nowhere and starts screaming at me in front of everyone. And I'm just looking at him. I'm like, all right. Part of me is like, this is Lou Holtz, you know, <laughs> I mean, legendary coach. The other part of me is like, I really want him to tell him to get out of my face. Like you're not my coach type of thing. But here he is, this little guy just sitting there, you know, he's spitting on you when he's yelling at you and all this stuff like that. And uh, that was another memorable moment. It's like, how many people could say they got screamed at by (laughs) you? You know, that wasn't part of his team. Like it was, I mean, it was, uh, that, that was, uh, that, that was also pretty memorable um, for me. (laughs) Well, Tony, Uh, on that note, uh, I know we we all have other things we need to get to, especially you need to protect and serve the community. Um, but dude, thank you so much for coming on. You you're you're jogging my memory of different things uh, that Crazy, I could go right? into for days on yeah. the community <laughs> service stuff that used to make us do like that. Yeah. But we won't. We'll we'll just have to have you yeah. back and we'll have yeah. to talk about more different yeah, things. I think I think what we need to do at some time though. My idea is to have a special Patreon feed with you, Mark Bell, uh, Shade, oh. and have it an unfiltered roundtable. I don't know how you would be able to squeeze all of that into an hour or oh, one no, no, show. No, no, no. It would be like, like six hours. It would be like six <laughs> hours. Yeah, it'd be six it, parts. You would be able to like. It would be quite a story because we'd be John all our all our memories. I'm telling you what, you organize something like that. Please sign me up because we're going to be in for the long haul. We should have had a a reality show filmed of us in Madison. No, you should have because you would have lost all your eligibility. That's That's true, but I mean, it would have been amazing though. We should have just filmed it ourselves. We we were a reality show without the cameras. Like fortunately, before cell. Again, another thing. Fortunately, we didn't have cameras back then to film everything Fortunate. like they do today because things may be different today. Way know? different. Way different. Way different. Way different. Way different. Yeah. Uh, so, Tony, you're the best, man. Thank you for coming. You're on. the best. No, I appreciate the invite. You know, it was great talking with you guys. I wish we had more time. You know, I have an hour and twenty minute drive to work coming up. Believe it or not, I don't. I don't work where I live, so um, I have a little drive ahead of me. So well, it was awesome much. being out here. Thank you. Thank you, and we're going to have to get the roundtable together one day. I'm scared and, and excited at the same time. I'm I'm straight up thrilled. But again, you know how, <laughs> how, how Shabert is? Things that could come out of his mouth might be like, ah, crap, now we can't put them back into his mouth. <laughs> and now we got to discuss the type of thing. That's can't how Shabert is. In. All right. Well, thank yeah. you so much. Uh, thanks for tuning into uh, the Believe in Badger football podcast presented by betonline.ag. And until next time, on Wisconsin, beat Illinois. On Wisconsin. On Wisconsin, baby. Thanks for listening to the Believe in Badger football podcast on the Believe Podcast Network presented by betonline.ag. If you like what you hear, Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Badgers. That's B-L-E-A-V in Badgers. Also, make sure to check out our YouTube page for full videos of our podcasts. The show is produced by Matt Perkins and Matt Bernstein with audio editing and mixing by Matt Perkins. Our theme music is by Matt Blaustein. Thanks again for listening and on Wisconsin. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.